everyone hold off for a second. Hats removed. This is more important today because today is the 4th of July. Hats off, please. On this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast, I travel to Willows Run Golf Course in Seattle to reveal the inspirational stories from the 2018 Special Olympics USA Games golf event. With over 4,000 participants representing all 50 states in 14 different sports, the mission of the USA Games is to showcase the abilities of athletes with intellectual disabilities and the impact of Special Olympics through world-class competition, inspirational experiences, and modeling inclusion for all. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and for the next hour, you will hear the heartfelt stories from the athletes, coaches, families, and volunteers who collectively live the USA Games model of We Will Rise. Okay, last item before I send you to your cards and get you on your way. This is the most important thing you're going to hear today. Smile. Have fun. You're going to treat everybody out there, your family members, your coaches, your caddies, the sponsors, the spotters, everybody with respect. You're going to thank them. Everyone's going to have a good time, and we're going to finish up strong. Joanne provided another beautiful day. Thank you, Joanne. I know it's about getting the medals, but guess what? Let me win. But if I cannot win... Let me be brave in the attempt. Make sure we're going to have fun. We're going to play fast. Let's see if we can even do better than yesterday. The USA Games Special Olympics happens once every four years, and I became aware of it a few months ago while attending National Golf Day in Washington, D.C. To give us an overview, my first conversation is with the gentleman who generously offered me an invitation to attend this impactful three-day event. Hi, I'm Steve Jubb. I am the CEO of the National Alliance for Accessible Golf, and this week I am the lead rules official, director of competition, and field of play manager for Special Olympics here in Seattle for the USA Games for Special Olympics. So you're literally wearing one hat right now, but you're actually figuratively wearing many, many different hats this week. And I did have a chance to speak with you, Steve. We met at National Golf Day, gosh, a couple months back there. And you were kind enough to invite me down the road from where I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, to come down to Seattle to cover this event. So thank you for that, because it has been inspirational. And I've met so many amazing people already. So thank you for that. But we're not alone here. We have another one of your colleagues. And who do we have here? Yeah, my name is Stacy Johnston Gleason, and I'm a Special Olympics athlete and and also an official, and I'm from Montana. Stacy, pleasure to meet you. So, Stacy, I'm going to stick with you here. So, what is it exactly that you're doing? Can you expand on that a, a bit as far as the rules, and what are you doing over these three days at the golf event? Well, if somebody needs a ruling, such as a ball on a cart path, and they don't know what to do, they'll call an official, and you go and you explain to them how to do it. Got it. So you're helping to clarify things for them like you would at any golf tournament then. So that is your responsibility. Have you had to make a ruling call so far that sticks out in your mind? I've had to make many ruling calls, but today Steve actually came over with me. A fella hit a ball next to the snack shack and next to a sidewalk in between all these trees. So what was the ruling then? Did they get relief or was there a penalty stroke? What was the outcome? How did you resolve this for the player? They could take relief, a drop, but they still had to hit out of the trees. So they took an unplayable lie and took the ball back onto the fairway. One stroke penalty. And one stroke penalty. So Steve, back over to you. You've been involved with the National Alliance for Accessible Golf for some time now. Well, first of all, is this the first USA Games that you participated in? Let's start with that. Uh, No. Uh, I've been involved with Special Olympics since about 1988 in one form or another. Back then, I was executive director of the New Jersey section of the PGA one of our regional offices for the PGA of America, and we did a golf demonstration sport at the State Games for New Jersey, demonstrating to the Special Olympic athletes how golf was, how they could get involved with golf. That evolved into when I went to work for the national headquarters in 1989, of being more closely aligned with Special Olympics as the PGA's liaison to Special Olympics, and have done two World Games, one in Greece, one in LA. Next year we are doing the World Games in Abu Dhabi next March. I've done several of the USA Games since I've been involved with them. We also do a national invitational in between all those national and world games 
where we bring people in from across North America for the North American Golf Championship, formerly known as the National Invitational. I've been involved with rules and helping run those events ever since. I see. So the fact you've been at it for a couple of decades now, how do you see the general public changing their views of these athletes? For example, I heard all kinds of great stories of the massive crowds that were at the opening ceremonies of 35, 40,000 people there. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the last couple of decades of how the general public has changed their perception of these individuals that you're supporting. Well, I think it's changed a lot. I think that the general public, corporations, golf courses, overall are being more accessible, more inclusive, and making sure that people of all abilities have the access to our game of golf. Special Olympics specifically, I think that we've seen more involvement by the public. I mean, over here at this venue, we have, just from KPMG, one of our corporate sponsors for the event, 200 volunteers from across the country that have flown in here to help volunteer and help support this event, along with hundreds of local residents that have come out to support this because they really love the competition, to see the athletes and their partners in some case compete in this type of an event and uh, enjoy the game of golf. And I did have a chance to interview a couple of the KPMG caddies that were here that volunteered, and they're very excited to be here, and they're doing a, a great job. So, Stacy, hey, I want to come back over to you. So, my understanding is you have been an athlete. Have you competed at a USA Games, or have you competed as a golfer over the years? Yes, I've competed at many of the national tournaments and a couple of world games and one U.S. Games. So can you share, I'm sure there's lots of experiences, is there one that you could remember going to a place or an event, one of the, the memories that you have that will last a lifetime? When I was in Florida playing once at the PGA course, on the front nine I shot a 36. I'll never forget that. <laughs> the back nine, not quite as bit, <laughs> but uh, at least I shot a 36 on the front. <laughs> the front nine was memorable and the back nine was, was forgettable. That sounds like my typical golf game there. So welcome to my life here. So I can definitely relate to that. So we love to talk about the future of golf on the Mod Golf Podcast. So I'd like to ask about your future and what you'd see yourself doing with golf and maybe five or ten years well next week i'm moving and i'm going to be living on a golf course so i am anticipating a very good golf game in a couple years <laughs> there we go so you'll get so much golf in that you'll have a memorable front and back nine pretty soon and put all that together so well stacy thanks so much for joining me today i really appreciate your time you're welcome and steve Best of luck with the rest of the event here. You're doing a fantastic job. And once again, thank you for having me down here. And I'm just inspired and enjoying everything that's going on here. So thanks so much, Steve. Colin, thank you very much. On behalf of the whole team here at Willows Run here in Redmond that have helped conduct this event, thank you for coming down from Vancouver and spreading the message that golf is for everyone. It is accessible, inclusive, and it's open to everybody with all abilities certainly is and I can see through the way both of you are talking and others that I've spoken here across the spectrum from volunteers parents corporate sponsors the hashtag they have here which is we will rise really is true that people are living that here and, and helping raise everybody up so thank you for helping raise the mod golf podcast up by having me down here so once again thank you very much Margie Lee, why don't you get the party started? During the 2018 Special Olympics USA Games, golf has played over three days in five formats or levels. These levels are individual skills competition, the unified team nine or 18 hole stroke play, and the individual nine or 18 hole stroke play. These 146 golf athletes, representing over 30 states, competed in one of two ways. Traditional format means they compete on their own, while the unified play format adds a non-intellectually disabled player who acts as a mentor and coach. Athletes are registered in one of the five levels, depending on their assessed intellectual capacity and playing ability, with the majority of the playing field made up of athletes challenged with various degrees of autism or Down syndrome. Although all five levels contained amazing stories and wonderful people, I was drawn to the pure unfiltered joy radiating from the most challenged athletes in level one. The eight level one athletes competing in the individual skills format participated in six different golf shots. They hit five balls each with driver, irons, chipping, long putting, short putting, and pitching over a barrier. 
For each shot, they were awarded a score between 0 and 3, depending on the quality of their effort. At the end of the three days of competition, their scores were added up and the awards were handed out. While watching the various levels of competition, I got to know some of the amazing people involved, so I started talking to them to reveal the impact this event has on their lives. Vince Pawarski, I'm the golf coach from North Carolina. Vince, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for joining us today on the Mod Golf Podcast. So, Vince, can you tell us a bit about your athletes that are here at the Special Olympics in Seattle? Well, I have two athletes here. One is doing skills competition, and the other is doing level four, which is nine-hole individual competition. The one is Anthony Boshane. He's doing the skills competition, and Andrew Keck, who is doing the level four competition. For both of them, is this the first time they've been to an event of this size and this magnitude, or have they done this before? No, this is the first time for both of them, so it's uh, quite a special treat. You're only halfway through here, Vince, but can you share with us some moment, something that's happened that's put a big smile on your face with your two athletes? Just to see their enjoyment out here. It's like with all the athletes. To see them have the chance to compete at a level of this magnitude is rare. Until special lunchtime has happened, these opportunities just didn't exist. So to see these special athletes can have a chance to come out and compete at this kind of level is just absolutely an exciting experience. And it doesn't happen without all the volunteers. The volunteers make this happen. This does not happen without them. It does take a village, there's no question about that. And part of that village and the support is the parents. Can you maybe tell me, give me some insights here, Vince, of the impact golf has had not only on your athletes, but also on the family in a positive way. Well, that one's kind of easy for me. I have a special needs son who has competed in golf also. He's uh, competed at the national invitational tournaments. And so I have experience at that level from both the coaching side and the parent side. To see the anxiety of the parents, to see their athletes to compete at this, I know that. So I know from the coaching side what the parents are going through. So it makes it a little bit easier to coach. And I give a lot of latitude to the parents because I've been there. I know how it is easy to try to intervene, but kind of rein them in a little bit. But the athletes do an outstanding job. They're absorbing it. They're trying to do everything they can to excel at this. Now, on the podcast, we do talk about the future of golf in many different aspects, and this being one of them. And you've been involved in this for a while, you said, Vince. So I'd like to hear your thoughts or your insights of, let's say, a decade or so ago where the level of competition and the size of the events was compared to now, and perhaps your thoughts of where this could go in the future in decades to come. I also coach high school golf, so, so I have that aspect of it too. And the golf industry has evolved quite a bit into where the PGA is working very hard with youth golf, U.S. kids golf, and some of the different golf events out there. You see it with the drive, chip, and putt over at Augusta National every year to introduce kids to golf and just to let them enjoy it. It's a game of integrity, which is unique from all other sports. We don't have referees out there making calls. We talk about that all the time from the high school level. You have to call it on yourself. So it really teaches a high level of integrity, and we try to encourage that. Vince, this has been, been incredible insights that you provided here. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much. So, hey, why don't you start by introducing yourself and tell me where you're from. I'm Andrew Cake, and I'm from TMNC, representing North Carolina. North Carolina. So you traveled a long way to come here to Seattle, Washington. So how was the plane ride? How was the flight here? The plane ride is very fun. So the seats is not comfortable, but like, <laughs> the plane ride is really fun. I like it. Not comfortable. Well, I spoke to Vince before. Maybe Vince can upgrade you to first class so you'll have more room. No, no pressure. Okay. Well, hey, let's talk about the golf. So, Andrew, how long have you played golf for? How many years have you played? I played for um, 10 years. So 10 years. And how old are you now? I'm 18. 18. So you, play, you started when you were 8, so you were young. Do you remember when you were 8 the first time you ever swung a golf club? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I remember that. It's been a long time. But yeah, I still remember that I hit a golf club, so yeah. Nice. So there are five different levels competing here of athletes. What level are you competing at? Four. Four. So you're competing at four. Okay, at level four. So today you were playing in a nine-hole tournament, and you're playing three days in a row, right? And you had a big smile on your face before. You asked me to guess your score. It was better than yesterday. So, so what did you shoot today? I shot a 51. And how many strokes better was that than yesterday? Do you remember? Two. Two, so an improvement. So you're going to shoot two strokes better tomorrow. Is that your goal? That's my goal, yeah. So you'll break, hopefully you'll break 50. That would be amazing. Yeah, I will try, yeah. That's my goal. 
All right, well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that, that you actually make it happen. I've got a feeling you've got, you're a determined young man. I have a feeling that you're going to make that happen. So can you tell me, have you met any friends here so far in the couple of days you've been here? I made two friends. One, like the first time I saw a friend that he's a really nice kid. We had a really good team thing. Yeah, a really good tournament on going on. And then, yeah, yeah and his name is Tony. Name is Tony. So were you here for the opening ceremonies? What was that like? Tell me about that. That's my favorite. The opening ceremonies, I love that one. My favorite part is walking in. Yeah. I heard that. I heard there was almost 40,000 people from Seattle cheering for you guys. You must have felt like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I was. It's going to be swift competition, literally. Yeah. Very stiff competition. But the main thing is, is you're having fun. And I can see that, which is so amazing. So I want to ask you a little more about golf. So what is your favorite part of golf? I got two, actually. I love my driver because I can hit very far, mostly straight as possible. And the second one is my iron shots. It's smooth. Then I was hitting pretty well with my those two. So you hit it far and straight. So hey, later on, can you give me a lesson? Because I hit my driver far, but not so straight. So maybe you, you need to give me some lessons later. You promise? Yeah, I will promise. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for being on the Mod Golf Podcast today. I really appreciate your time. It's been my honor being here. I love it. After speaking with Andro, I got to speak with his new friend, who makes up the other half of Team North Carolina. Introduce yourself and tell me where you're from. I'm Anthony Beauchene from Durham, North Carolina. Anthony, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. I saw you competing for the last three days, and you kept getting better and better and better. Let me ask you, Anthony, what's your favorite club to hit of all the clubs that you have? All of them. All of them? Individually. Individually. Not all at the same time. That would be hard to hold on to, uh, right. to six clubs at once. That's right. Absolutely. So did you enjoy your time here? Yes, sir. And did you meet any new friends here at the USA Games? Yeah, I met all the uh, other athletes, and we traded pens, and we traded cards and trading cards. Right, and I do have your trading cards. Like, you're a superstar now. You've got your own trading card now, which I will keep. So thank you for giving me that. I really appreciate it, you're Anthony. Well. So I also have your sister and your mother over here. So I'm going to start with your sister. So I'm sorry, your name is? Lisa DeMarco. Lisa, thank you for joining us. So, Lisa, how has golf and this event positively impacted your lives, your families, and seeing how it positively affects Anthony here? I think that it positively affects our lives in the sense that it gives Anthony the opportunity to go out and meet many other people and athletes that do the same thing that he does. And it gives him the opportunity to see different places, parts of the country, parts of the state, that he may not have the opportunity to go and do. Wonderful. Hey, Anthony, I'm going to ask you another question. How many years have you played golf for? Three years. Three years? What? Only three years? Yeah. I've been playing for almost 30 years, and your swing is way better than mine. So, okay, I really like you, but I'm kind of really jealous here. Three years, that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Track, bocce ball, and golf, and bowling. At the Special Olympics? Yeah. Amazing. So you're a multi-time athlete then, aren't you? Yes, sir. Amazing. So I'm going to come over here and talk to your mom. So hello there. Hi, I'm Joanne Beauchene. Pleasure to meet you, Joanne. So I'm going to ask the, the same question that I just asked your daughter here. How does golf, how does it affect your family positively with Anthony? Oh, it's been wonderful for us and especially for Tony to be out and away from his group home situation and meet people and go places and do things that otherwise you couldn't have done where you are right now. Yeah. Well, I want to thank the Bouchain family here for spending some time today. You're all smiling, as you should, and the DeMarcos too. Yes, of course. You should also be very, very proud. So I think, Tony, I hear your stomach rumbling over there, so I think we need to get back for some lunch. So, hey, let's head back, and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear. While recording my interview with Anthony, I spotted one of the volunteers who was instrumental in pulling this event together. I decided to walk over and have a chat to learn what motivated him to jump in and donate his time and effort. I'm Marcus King. I'm the golf commissioner for the 2018 Special Olympics USA Games. I've been in Special Olympics for 23 years now, and I got involved in it originally. I don't have a child with any intellectual disabilities, but a friend of mine did, so I helped him out in golf back in 1995 and just stuck with me since then. And I've always had the passionate feeling that everyone deserves a fair shot. 
a level playing field. And this is my way of sort of making that happen. So that, that's why I'm here. This is uh, the way you're giving back here. So I see you're collecting these scorecards here. So are you the official scorer? Is that one of your many roles, the hats you're wearing this week? That's one of the 100 roles I'm wearing, yeah. I've, I Plus, I don't need a calculator to add the score. So I think that's how I got stuck here. <laughs> so you've been at this for many years and been here for a couple of days now. Can you share with our listeners? No problem. It's all right. So we were interrupted there for a second, Marcus, because you had phones and walkie-talkies and things flashing and, and screaming at you there because you're very busy. So tell me a bit about the logistics of running this event and how many volunteers does it take to make this amazing event happen? Gosh, we have upwards of 700 volunteers attached to golf. So they're all over the place from caddies to runners to food providers to golf course people to rules officials of every single stripe you can think of. And it takes a crew like that to make a real professional tour. We're trying to duplicate a PGA Tour feel. And I think we're doing that with the staff and the, the attention that everybody's getting as a, as a participant. I'm certainly witnessing that too. So you've seen all these athletes. I believe there's 146 athletes here golfing this week. Can you share with me something that you've personally seen that put a big smile on your face so far? Yeah, I saw uh, one of the players out there. There's a twosome out there. One's a really, really good player, world-class caliber. And the player next to him is less experienced but having a great time. And two things I saw in that group. The world-class player was helping out the newer player to get used to the crowds that follow him around the golf course. And it got to the point where the uh, the newer golfer was actually tipping his hat at all the applause he was getting out there. So it was, it was really fun to see uh, golfers helping each other, which is not usual on a in a competitive round, so no advice given, so not breaking the rules, but they are definitely being encouraging for each other, and that's uh, it's always great to see that out there. It appears that the more experienced golfer was really embracing your motto here this week, which is rise with us, and that yeah. sounds right there, that that golfer was helping the less experienced one rise up. He rose up, that's for sure, and that wave uh, floats all boats, for sure. It certainly does. Well, Marcus, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Glad to help out. The eight level one golfers were made up of four women and four men, ranging from their late teens to mid-fifties. They all had bubbly, positive personalities, but one athlete possessed an infectious sense of humor that was always on, no matter the quality of the shot he just hit. I had the chance to speak with him next. Hey, I'm here with one of the athletes that just finished up. This is Keith from Rhode Island. Keith, how's it going? Good. So tell me about how long have you been playing golf for, Keith? A couple of years now. A couple of years. And what got you started playing golf? What was the first time you picked up a club? I just wanted to try it out. Yeah? Good stuff. And so you played for a couple of years. I saw your swing. You've, you're really good. You've, it looks like you're having lots of fun. So you've done lots of stuff today. You've done short putting and long putting and chipping and pitching and iron shots and drivers. So, Keith, what one was your favorite? The wood. The wood. I saw you hit yeah. some out there pretty far. I think you got some. Uh, you got a you got a 60 meter there, didn't you? Yes, I think I did. That was amazing. So, what was your overall score today? I heard it was 47. Was that yes, it? Yes, it was. That's so good. Congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. So, you also went to the opening ceremonies. You told me. Tell me what the opening ceremonies was like, Keith. It was just great because it's my first year doing it and going nationals. Just overall good. So was there lots of music and thousands of people in the stadium for the opening ceremonies? Yes, it was. Wow, that must have been incredible. It was really incredible. So are you just competing today? Do you compete again tomorrow or are you finished up after today, Keith? We compete till Wednesday. The awards on Thursday. Awards on Thursday. Wow. Well, I'm going to stick around. Hopefully, I'm, I'm still here to see the awards because I'd love to see you then. So you got a big smile on your face. I can tell you're having a great time. So, hey, you told me I could ask you a tricky question here. or Maybe not so tricky, but you said that driving with the woods was your favorite. I'm a golfer. I have my least favorite part of golf. I'm not going to tell you that. What part do you find the trickiest or most challenging today? It was over the barrier. That looks so hard. Yeah. You hit it every time. Did you get one over or almost? No, almost. Almost. You came so close a couple of times. Well, that looked really hard, especially in front of all those people. Wow, that's great. You're very courageous to be out there to do this. So, Keith, hey, thanks for talking to me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So, hey, why don't you tell me your name and where you're from? Jared. I live in Florida. You live in Florida. Jared, pleasure to meet you. And beside me here, I have... Chad. I'm Jared's dad. And we're from Bradenton, Florida. So you were just out there finishing your round today. I can't believe what you shot. You played nine holes. What did you shoot today? I say 41. 41. I don't think I've ever shot 
41. I am not playing you for money, sir, because I will lose all my money. That is amazing. That is so good. So let me ask your dad, how long has Jared been playing golf for? Jared's been hitting golf balls probably since about two years old. So he's about, about nine years. Nine years. So that makes, if my math is correct, you're 11 years old. Is that correct? You're 11? Yeah. And what is your favorite part of golf? I love to play my drivers on the tees and I hit the ball far. I hit like 180 yards. Wow, you, you hit it that far? That's incredible. How about putting? Do you like putting or is, or is putting tricky for you? I mean, putting, I hit like on the curve and over the, the hill and I hit it through the cup and I hit it through like 10 feet. That's incredible. Do you know what level you're playing? I am in level two. In level two. How many holes did you play today? Nine holes. You played nine holes and you shot 41. Holy smokes, that's pretty amazing. So let me ask your dad this question here. So how has golf really helped not only Jared, but even with your family? I know we got your wife over here taking some smiling and taking some photos too. How has golf brought your family together and helped you? Well, I think it's just opened some doors for us. 11 years ago, when you find out that your child's going to have a disability, it's just a lot of nervousness and questions. And when he's on the golf course, I mean, that's where he loves to be. And he's normal, gets out there and just cranks it. I wish I could hit it as straight as he does. We have nine people that flew all the way from Florida and Ohio to come see him, and it's just unbelievable experience. And it's definitely opened up doors that we definitely didn't see probably 11 years ago when we found out that he was going to be born with Down syndrome. And does Jared have any brothers or sisters? One brother. He's also here. He's 20 years old, and they fight. They know how to know each other back and forth. Now I have a big question for you. Are you a better golfer than your brother? Yes, I am. <laughs> That is so awesome. That is so good. So I heard that the opening ceremonies were amazing. Did you go to the opening ceremonies? Yeah, we did. And what was that like? Did you have fun? I saw the girls in the greatest showman. This is me. I, the greatest show, but I love that movie. That's such a great way to put it. This is me. So you play again one more round tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Okay, big question. If you shot 41 today, you're going to break 40 tomorrow? I think I'll break 40 tomorrow. That is the right attitude. You're amazing. Hey, can I come see you play some golf tomorrow? Can I come follow you? Can I come around and watch you play tomorrow? Yes, you can. That would be my honor, Jared. So, hey, thank you, Jared. And, uh, hey, thank you for both of you. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, good luck and have fun tomorrow. All right. I will see you. Jared, comparing his opening ceremonies experience to singing This Is Me from the movie The Greatest Showman, puts into perspective just how much this event means to these athletes. If you haven't seen The Greatest Showman, I've included a link in the show notes to a YouTube video of this musical scene in the movie. Next, I bumped into one of the volunteer caddies who had just finished up his round. Yeah, my name is Hans Euland. I'm from uh, Kent, Washington. And Hans, what were you doing here this week with the Special Olympics golf event? I was caddying for a gentleman that played from Virginia. Virginia Beach, Virginia, actually. Now, can you share your story? She told me how you got involved and ended up here having this wonderful experience. Can you give us a little bit of a backstory there, Hans? Sure. Actually, a good friend of mine who I've played golf with for over 40 years, he caddied last year when they had a warm-up event, and uh, the person that he played against was also there, and she asked him if he would caddy for her this year if his player didn't play. And right. he didn't play, so he's going to caddy for her. Long story short, she had a, another person from Virginia that needed a caddy, and so Rick asked myself, and so very long, long story, but that's how I ended up caddying here, and it was a, just an absolute pleasure. Well, not a straight line to get here, but once you got here, you were sharing with me, because you had an amazing three days, it sounds like, with, so your player's name again was? David, David Sutton. David, there you go. So you can describe the format and the level category he was playing in? He was in the level five, which is a player that can complete a full 18 holes by himself. And there's also a what they call high performance, which is just kind of a step above that, someone that's had even more experience and is a little more skilled. I see. So is this your first time being involved in any type of a Special Olympics type of format with these amazing athletes that have these, I don't even call them challenges anymore. They're certainly not disabilities. It's certainly their abilities. So this is the first time you've been involved like this? Very first time, and they have. I've learned more in the last three days about 
life in golf than I have probably in my previous 59 years. I shouldn't have said how old I was, but. <laughs> Gee, I thought you were only 23 there, Hans, but now the, the secret is out. So one of the things we do talk about on the podcast in the future and community building is diversity and inclusion. And the, there's this saying that goes, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance and getting everybody involved. So it sounds like you are out there helping Dave and everybody else out there dance, aren't you? Exactly. And it was a great dance as well. I told David after, if he's playing anywhere in the U.S. and needs a caddy, let me know. And I'd, I'd be more than willing to fly out and caddy for him again. I mean, it was it was just a real pleasure. Sounds like this experience, you have a new friend that you didn't necessarily have 72 hours ago. Exactly. This is great. Well, thanks, Hans, for sharing that experience with us. And really, that encapsulates your story, encapsulates what this event really is about. And, and thanks for that. I appreciate right. it. Thank you very much. Our lives are strung together by a series of magical moments that help define who we are. Our next story captures one of these moments. So this whole place is buzzing right now because something very unique and something very special just happened and I am sitting with the athlete that just made that happen. So first of all, why don't you tell me your name and where you're from? Tuggy, Lassen, Munz. Good stuff. Now, what just happened with your round of golf today? What did you do? Hole on. Hole in one. That is awesome. Okay, I got a high five. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to ask your stepdad some details about this. So I'm sure you don't remember any of this, none of the details, but tell us what happened out there. Well, we got on hole number seven today, and I'm Wake's unified partner in golf, and we play together a lot. And I got up there, and it was a 115-yard shot, and I pulled my gap wedge out, and I hit it. And as soon as it left the club, I was like, that looks pretty good. And it kept going. I was like, it's looking pretty good. It hits the green, takes one bounce, and starts rolling. Then it disappears. I was like, oh, my God, it's in the hole. Everybody started screaming. And there's a bunch of people down by the green. And everybody was all excited. It, it was a very memorable moment. Amazing. And first hole-in-one in the career? 41 years of golf. It is my first hole-in-one I've ever had, yes. That is unbelievable. So... The thing I'm excited about now is you have to buy myself and everybody here a drink. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'll keep it simple. I'll just have a Budweiser. So thanks for that. We're going over to the Mod Golf Podcast area in the media tent here. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Joking aside. So I got to turn back to you. So how many years have you been playing golf? Eight years. Eight years. And what is your favorite club to hit? Do you like a driver or putter? What do you like the best about golf? Driver driver you're a big man i i bet you hit it twice as far as me it must be loud too do you like to hit it far yes i bet you do so are you having fun in seattle this week at the golf tournament yes have you met any new friends here yes so are you you're playing again tomorrow yes yes and are you going to get a hole-in-one tomorrow? Yes. There we go. There's the right answer. I'll tell you what. Well, better than your stepdad. A little bit. Are you going to get two hole-in-ones tomorrow? Yes. Bam. There we go. Shots fired. So that's going to happen tomorrow. So you, got to, you have to step up your hole-in-one game here. So, hey, guys, thanks for sharing your story today. I really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank You're welcome. Hey, good luck playing tomorrow. Have fun. Thank you. So after all the excitement from the hole-in-one started to die down, I headed back out to the putting green, where I struck up a conversation with some of the Team Texas delegation. My name is Daniel George. I live in Wiley, Texas, or Dallas, Texas. Well, Daniel, it's great to see you. I saw you out here playing yesterday. So can you tell us how long you've been playing golf, Daniel? A few years, probably. Well, how did you start playing golf? What was the first time you picked up a golf club? Like, who actually helped you? Was it your parents or a friend? And my coach, Debbie. And your coach, Debbie, who we're going to talk to in a moment here. So, Daniel, yesterday in the competition, you had short putting and long putting and then chipping, pitching, irons, and woods. What is your favorite shot? What did you enjoy the most yesterday? Um, I had fun. You had fun? I have to say you were very courageous. I know you, you struggled a little bit with the hybrid, but you stuck with it. That must have been very difficult. How did you overcome that to stay with that and then hit a nice shot at the end? Um, maybe, I don't know, just play good. Good answer and you had that in your mind just to play good and that was um, don't freak out don't get mad I know it's just a game and you have to focus right absolutely you were very focused out there today if you can explain to me Daniel so this is round two are you doing two rounds or three rounds over the next couple of days when you compete uh, two rounds two rounds so today is your second round and it's a combined score from yesterday and today is that correct no oh wait tomorrow will be my last score Tomorrow. So you have three rounds then, so it's total score then from three rounds, correct? Yes. 
Very nice. So what are you looking forward to today? What do you hope to improve today from yesterday, Daniel? Do better this time than I did last time. Very good. Well, I'll be cheering for you. I'll be out here watching again. So, Daniel, good luck, and thanks for speaking to me today. You too. Now, next, I have Allison, and I saw Allison out here playing yesterday and some amazing shot. So, Allison, where are you from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. I've been to Dallas. I love Dallas. It's a beautiful city. And, Allison, how long have you been playing golf for? Well, I came out here and played, joined. Uh, I went into Thursday last year. About time I went. Very nice. And what's your favorite part of golf? What's your favorite club to play with, Allison? I like uh, having honor. And I saw you playing with that yesterday. You you hit some amazing shots. And I, what I love is you, when you hit a shot, you're smiling and you're fist pumping. You love to fist pump out there, don't you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> it's good stuff. So, Allison, with the other athletes here, and there's men and women that you're playing with, but a little bit older and a little bit younger, have you met some new friends already here at the games? Uh, actually, I, I do. I have a friend named Chris Matthew. So today, when you're out there playing again today, so you'll be competing, you'll be putting, and you'll be chipping and pitching and the irons in their woods. What do you hope to improve on from yesterday? What do you hope to do today? Well, I try and get better, hard work. And you do work hard out there. So you've been practicing today already, or are you just going to wait until the competition starts a little later on? Well, we're going to warm up first. We're going to do a warm up first. Wonderful. Well, Allison, thank you for talking to me today, and good luck today in the competition. I will. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay. Thank you, Allison. I'm Debbie Smith, and I'm from the Team Texas, and I've been coaching for several years now. And usually what I work with is the level one athletes, learning the basics of preparing to go on the course. So we work with the pitch and chip and the putts and the driving range. And the thing that I do the most is watch how people swing and the special needs athletes and kind of figure out how to get the swing where they connect with the ball and start getting that positive feedback of I've hit it, I'm just starting to do well. So that's what I work on a lot. And Debbie, how long have you been involved with the Special Olympics? With these athletes, with Allison, probably about five or six years. I've been involved about 18 years with Special Olympics. Wonderful. I'm just curious, with both Daniel and Allison, are they the two athletes from Texas, or are there more that you're here with? Or? Oh, there's a lot more. We have a lot of athletes out on the course. We've got people playing 18-hole individual stroke in the High Performance League and 18-hole individual stroke. We've got several partners, which is level 3, 18-holes. We have level 2, which is an alternate shot, 9-holes, and we have a 9-hole individual stroke. Now, Alice and Daniel are considered level 1. For our listeners, can you break down what the criteria is for where you fit into the certain levels? Sure. Level 1 is when you're learning how to play golf. So you're learning, basically you learn to drive at the driving range, and then you work on your short game, which is the pitch and chip, and then long and short putts, so that you simulate what it'd be like when you get to go on the course both Allison and Daniel, this is just for them just a, a lesson in life. Like the pressure, there's over, there were 150 people watching. No, I know I wouldn't. They did a great job and some of them just thrive on all the extra attention and then sometimes you get nervous. So it's a little bit of everything. Like, you know, when you go on the course, you still get all those feelings. So the crowd for individual skills is right there cheering you on. That's one of the best parts. And so we understand the families, of course, are here supporting them. Are they staying in hotels or are they actually hosted and billeted by families? Or how does that work with the stay here in Seattle? Well, the athletes stay at the dorms at University of Washington and their families are at different hotels around. So we have great support from families, but then they have great volunteers out here cheering people on as well. So that's kind of nice. But the families are staying in hotels. They come to the course. They come and cheer and applaud. And then there's a lot of things for the athletes to do at the university. So they're housed there. And then they have lots of activities for them there. And then sometimes the parents take them and get to go tour parts of Seattle. Now, I'm assuming you were here a couple of days ago for the opening ceremonies. Yes. Can you please tell me about that experience for yourself and also what you saw observing your athletes and how they enjoyed that experience? Well, first of all, it started off amazing. We walked from the dorms to Husky Stadium and it was just lined with people cheering them on. Just utterly amazing to go through the line. Then you waited to go into the stadium for opening ceremonies and the amount of people and all the activities. Just the awestruck looks and all the smiles on their face coming out. And we were lucky that golfer Jordan Spieth walked out with Team Texas. So that was exciting for all the golfers, especially that he joined us to go out there. We had fun moving the ribbon coming down out of the stands, and everybody loved that. But just looking around and watching all the enthusiasm for them. They're there for them to cheer them on. That was amazing because Allison's got the big smile, the amazing smile she had at opening ceremonies the whole time. 
watching everything. And then Daniel's just looking around because this is something new to him, coming to a big event. It's just overwhelming to see all those people out there. This is a, a moment experience that they will cherish for the rest of their lives, absolutely. Oh yeah, they're just so exhausted from like, usually the excitement and all the fun going on, then you have to slow down and focus on your golf. So it's kind of tough, but they're doing a great job out here. So you're out here competing for three days and then there's the closing ceremony, is that correct? There is, there's gonna be awards somewhere else and then the day after that is closing ceremony somewhere in downtown Seattle. Debbie, thanks so much for speaking with me today on the Mod Golf Podcast, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, appreciate it. After the day three conclusion of the level one competition, I spoke to one more of these inspiring athletes and a couple of the people who so passionately support him. So I have another amazing golf athlete here. So what is your name and where are you from? Florida. Florida, and your name is? Caleb. Caleb. Can I ask you this, Caleb? How many years have you been playing golf for? Six years. Six years, six years. And did you have a fun time this week? Ah, uh, yes. Have you met any new friends, other athletes that you're friends with? Yes. Yes, very nice. I'll ask you one more question here, Caleb, before I talk to some other folks here that are supporting you. What is your favorite club? Is it a putter or an iron or a driver? What club do you like to play with the best? Iron. Irons, and I, I knew the answer because I saw some of your iron shots and they were amazing, so that's great. You keep getting better and better all the time. Well, thank you, Caleb, for actually speaking with me today. So next over here, I have your mom, I believe. Yes. There we go. And your name is? Shaylin Kirsten. Shaylin, thanks so much for joining me today. We also have Caleb's coach here and from Florida. And your name is? Carol. Carol. So ladies, I wanted to ask both of you, how has golf and this event positively impacted your life and Caleb's life? For Caleb, it just gives him a chance to come out and have some camaraderie with his team and just experience things that other kids without disabilities get to do. And we just love Special Olympics for giving him that opportunity. Great stuff. And as his coach, how long have you been coaching Caleb for? Well, actually, I'm the head coach for Florida, and Caleb lives on the other side of the state that I do. So I met him the first time at our training camp about six months ago, and then this week now. And uh, so we became good friends this week. Well, that's easy to do because your personality makes everybody smile. So let me ask you this to get some insight for our listeners. When you teach and coach and train Caleb and the other athletes, how do you go about it? I'm sure not one size fits all, but so we can understand quite simply here. How do you work with your athletes? If they're really interested in playing golf, you try to see what they can do and what their abilities are because I can't change the habits that they've already done. So I give them a lot of encouragement, just give them little hints that I think to help them out because I'm not the greatest golfer in the world myself either. It's just more or less giving them encouragement and repetition and, and just keep giving it their best. You know. As they say with most things that are successful, it takes a village to actually support someone to make it happen. And I'm talking to Caleb's village right now, so thanks so much for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. They're a great family. They're great supportive. We're having a ball with Caleb. Sometimes he wants to stay with the delegation more than the family. I don't <laughs> I think so the family's going to get mad at me because I'm, I'm taking up his time because they came all the way this way to see him. But it's a great situation for all of us. Wonderful. Well, enjoy the rest of the time you have here. Have fun. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Without the unwavering support and dedication of the small army of volunteers, the USA Games Special Olympics would be impossible to stage. As Marcus mentioned earlier, the Willows Run Golf event was supported by over 700 volunteers, with over 200 of them representing KPMG. I had the opportunity to speak with three of their selfless individuals to learn what motivates them to do what they do. Hi, I'm Chris Broda from Stanford, Connecticut. Chris, you've come all the way across the country here to caddy this week for the USA Games for the Special Olympics here. Can you tell me a bit about that story, how you ended up here to caddy, Chris? My company, KPMG, the one of the sponsors for the golf tournament, they sent out an email to all the workers and made us aware about this opportunity. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to go out and do something fun, get out of the office, get some fresh air, and just do something great for the athletes here and for the community. Now, you're from Connecticut. How many KPMG volunteers are here at the golf tournament, and do you know how many states are actually involved in this from KPMG? I don't know how many total KPMG people there are. I know we have five people from my office in Stanford, Connecticut, and we have like over 100, 200 offices in the United States. So I imagine we have a much greater number yeah, and probably representatives from all the states. 
Gotcha. And I, and I have seen a sea of these KPMG hats, just like the one that you're wearing out here. So I know there's dozens and dozens, if not over 100 volunteers, if not more, right here at the golf tournament. This tournament would not happen without the efforts of people like yourself to volunteer your time and your energy. So on behalf of everybody here, I first of all say thank you very much for doing that. It's really great. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So let's start with this, Chris. Who are you caddying for? Can you tell us a bit about what's gone on the last two days with you at the golf tournament? So I've been caddying for Ari Kramer from Northern California. We've been doing level four golf, so that's the nine hole. So we've been doing the back nine here at the Coyote Creek golf course. And let me ask you this. So when you're caddying for him, what do you find your responsibilities are? How are you helping out? I'm sure sometimes you just have to get out of his way, but what are you finding? How are you feeling your way through this? And what are you providing for him out there on the course? trying to provide encouragement and some just general advice, you know, keep calm, just mental things. Because I know he knows what he's doing, he's a professional, and I'm just going to be there to be his cheerleader, to be the person to calm down, you know, whatever he really needs in the moment. And how old is Ari, do you know? 20 years old. Do you know how long he's been playing golf for? I don't know how, how long he's been playing golf. I believe he's been with the Special Olympics for about five years now. Okay, so you've had a couple of days with this, and not only have you been caddying for Ari, but seeing you around, so obviously you've had a chance to see other events going on and talking to people. Is there something that sticks out in your mind that there's something, that one moment that's happened that you've been so proud to witness? Yeah, it's actually happened today on the golf course, I think about hole 12. Ari had a shot from just outside the green where he chipped it in probably about 10, 15 feet, and just went right into the hole, and you just saw the excitement in his face. He just lit up right away, and everybody around just, just heard like a light roar from the people watching. That's amazing. Like That right there is just worth the whole week right there, even if everything else doesn't go as planned, that just having one of those special moments, which really golf universally, not just for an event like this, that's what keeps us coming back for playing the next round is having some amazing shot or a chip-in or a long putt or something awesome like that. So it's great that you had a chance to witness that. Yeah, it, it was amazing. And it's just special seeing that, the energy, and it brings smile to all the athletes' faces when something amazing like that happens. I bet. So going back a bit, before you actually got involved with this back in Connecticut, what was your motivation to jump in and volunteer? Have you actually been involved with any Special Olympic sports before? Or what got you over the hurdle to decide, hey, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and I'm going to do this? So I haven't volunteered with the Special Olympics previously, but I've done other big trips. I've gone to Guatemala for a service trip with helping small businesses, and I've gone to Georgia on about a 20-hour road trip to go help rebuild houses down there. I really enjoy doing these big trips, going to see new areas, meet different people. Because, you know, just staying in one area your whole life, it's just opening to see how other people live and how other people work. And even within the United States, there's so many cultures here. So it was just a great opportunity to go out and meet new people from different areas of this beautiful country of ours. So, Chris, thank you for actually being here and helping everybody and being part of the inclusive movement here that really embodies what's going on with the Special Olympics. So we all thank you for your efforts. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Thomas Bogomasco. I'm from Norwalk, Connecticut, and I am here on behalf of KPMG as an audit associate. So you have a caddy's bib on there. So just like your friend Chris, who I just interviewed, you're obviously here as a caddy. So he told us the journey for him to be here at this event from Connecticut. So how did you get involved? What inspired you or motivated you to get involved in this event? I always like to get involved in community service. I've done a lot of volunteer events, and one of my first days walking here, I saw an email saying, are you interested in volunteering for the Special Olympics in Seattle? And I was like, sounds pretty good, yeah. So I just drew my name in the hat. I was like, yeah, if you need people, go ahead. And then a few months later, we got an email back saying, we need people, we've selected you, are you okay to go? And I'm like, yes, yeah, of course. So the Special Olympics always holds a little place in my heart, too. My cousin has a, we really don't know what's wrong with him, but I always have a special place in my heart. So you have that personal story of having a relative and a close one that's had some challenges also. He's perfectly fine in normal society, but there's sometimes, well, you just have to talk to him. I know how, like, I could sit across and have a conversation with him, but if you or somebody just walked up to him, they would say, like, they may not know. And once you start talking to them, then you can't get them to stop. (laughs) That's that's so good. So let's get back to the golf for a moment here. So tell us the level of the athlete that you're playing, and tell us a bit about the event. You just finished your second round of day two, and you're out there again tomorrow. So tell us about that experience, and maybe share a story, some event or a shot that really put a smile on your face today with your athlete so i'm doing level four golf which is a nine hole course 
We did the back nine today and yesterday. My golfer was significantly better than me. Actually, all of the golfers out there are significantly better than me. So I have that appreciation. Like, Join the club on that yes. one. Yeah, like I just like look at all of them like, uh, don't ask me for advice. <laughs> You're doing perfectly fine. Right now, my golfer, he shot a 90 the first two days, so he's in first place. I'm not going to say it's because of me. <laughs> he's doing it despite me. Despite you, yes. yes. <laughs> Without me, he may have shot like an 88, 89, but 90s. Uh, it's a good number. Oh, the one moment that I really enjoyed was he had a par five today, and he almost had an eagle. He had a beautiful chip, and it went in and out of the hole, and he just put it in for a birdie, but it was super close for an eagle. Wow. And on a par five, too, so I was really excited about that. That's incredible. So he has some game. What is the name of the athlete, and where's he from? Tyson Strobel, and he's from Southern California. He said he's from the Pasadena area, and he said he's been doing the Special Olympics for 28 years, which is longer than I've been alive. And he's been here with like five or six different sports too, so he's definitely a better athlete than I am as well. So this has obviously been a positive experience for you. They have this every four years. Do you plan in 2022 to make sure you put your name in the hat again to see if you can participate on some level? Yes, I definitely will try to, even if I'm different place in life, I always want to try to come back. Wonderful. Well, this, thanks for sharing your story and your experiences. I really appreciate it today. Not a problem, not a problem. Thanks for being here and covering this great event. Hi, my name is Bree Haynes. I am the volunteer manager for the golf event. I work at KPMG and this is what I'm doing here. So Bree, I've seen you around for a couple of days and I don't think the smile has left your face. You've been working long days, I'm sure, before this event happened, and now as we're actually starting to take it down as the events ended. So can you tell me, Bree, what does this event mean for you? I mean, this is my labor of love. This is the reason that I am at KPMG, because not only are we being a sponsor, but we're getting our people out here to work with the athletes and really make a difference and change lives. That's what it's about for me. It's seeing the athletes having a great time, the smiles on their faces, first and foremost and then the volunteers making sure that their time is meaningful and that they are getting the best out of their experience as well. I mean, some of the jobs are hard or not maybe what you expected, <laughs> but once you get out there and you're seeing the athletes and what it means to them to have you do these important things for them so that they can have a successful tournament and compete and do their best, it makes it all worth it. I'm looking at your lanyard around your neck and you have holy smokes you have dozens of pins here so obviously each one has a story of all the athletes and the families that have shared those with you can you share one story that really sticks out in your mind that makes you smile that was with a family or a moment that happened in the last couple of days do you have one I have so many. How do you pick just one? Like, I'm getting a little misty even just thinking about it. But no, I mean, as far as pins go and families, just for athletes where this is their first tournament, to have the USA Games be your first tournament, I mean, how awesome is that? We had an athlete from Missouri that came in, his first big tournament like this, and he's a high-performing golfer. He's in level five, competing with people who've been competing in these tournaments for a long time. And maybe there was a point where it was disappointing to him because he felt like he wasn't doing his best but how he golfed he was still able to place and get a medal and when he realized that it was like everything changed and he came up to me and he's like Bree I got a medal I got a bronze I did it and he goes I don't know how I pulled it out but I did it and I was like see I told you that's why I'm proud that I'm from Missouri because there are athletes like you going out there and winning medals. Well, you had so many stories, you seem paralyzed by choice, but the one you shared there, Brie, was an amazing story. So thank you for that. And thank you again for all the hard work that you've put in and your KPMG team has put in. It does take a village. I've said that at least a half a dozen times on the podcast so far. I'm sure my listeners are going to be tired of me saying that, but it is so <laughs> authentic and so true that without your efforts, this event would not happen. So thank you again for everything you and your team has done. You're welcome. It's life-changing and you hit the nail on the head. It's not just about me. It's not just about one person. It's about the whole team coming together and making it happen. I couldn't do it without all of the leadership team and the people working with me and then the volunteers themselves, both the KPMG volunteers and the local volunteers. We couldn't have done it without them. Although the majority of the inspiring stories that revealed themselves to me revolved around playing golf, I found one of the best stories right next to me while working in the media room. Yes, perseverance and triumph was unfolding on the fairways and greens, but it was also taking place through a special person whose passion is to tell sports stories in his own unique way. So I'm Flutie Fellow Andrew Roberts from Northborough, Massachusetts, and I've been blogging about sports for four years. My blog name is Boston Sports Mania. Good stuff, Andrew. And to my right here, I have your dad. Hi, I'm Ken Roberts, 
proud father. We're out here sponsored by the Doug Flutie Foundation along with two golfers, Scott Rohrer and Tyler Legassi, and we've had an unbelievable time thanks to the foundation. Now I'll start with you, Ken. So yeah, give us a quick backstory how you guys ended up here and the, the fine work that you're doing that gives Andrew the chance to really extend his passion in the sports broadcasting realm. Great question. When Andrew was diagnosed at age two, they said that he would never talk. And my wife and I, we saw something in him and we just knew that we weren't going to accept that. Fortunately, we got him into some good schools who helped him. And by age three, not only was he talking, but he was reading, which was quite amazing. And he's amazed us time and time again. And his venture into sports actually started when he was five years old. He got discovered at Fenway Park and they asked him to say play ball to start the game in front of 35,000 people, and then he did the lineup on Nesson. And since then, he decided to start writing a blog. He got a book on his own, learned how to blog, which was amazing. And I got to meet the executive director of the Flutie Foundation a few years ago. He told us about a way Andrew could learn how to ski. We won the grant to go ski for a weekend and the Flutie Foundation sponsored that. And then he wrote an article about that. And ever since, the Flutie Foundation has just been in touch with us, known about Andrew and his love of sports. Doug Flutie, as you know, was a big sports player himself. So Andrew's been to events sponsored by the Flutie Foundation, met Doug, done school reports on Doug. Andrew emceed the Flutie 5K, and they were so thankful for him doing that that they honored him with the Shining Star Award. He was the only child that was given that award. It was a fantastic event for their 20-year anniversary where they raised a ton of money. Turned out that the filming crew that they wanted out for the two golfers that they sponsored fell through. They called us up and they thought, we're starting this fellowship program and we think Andrew would be great for that. We know he wants to pursue a career in sports and he's been doing it already. So why not come out to Seattle and cover the two Special Olympian golfers that we're covering? And I couldn't say no. That's the story. And I I love this story. So your dad yesterday said they didn't think you'd ever talk. And apparently now, when you even said this, now we can't get you to be quiet, Andrews. That's true. So here, we're going to get you to speak a little bit more. Can you tell me and our listeners, Andrew, about the last couple of days of what you've done on the golf course and what the experience has been like for you? What have you enjoyed the most? So I've really enjoyed just being able to be right on the course where some of the best Special Olympics golfers are. I was also able to get some interviews with them. My dad got a lot of video footage and I edited it together and did some voiceovers. And I did a couple of live videos after the tournament. And we also went to the opening ceremonies. We did some lives there. So tell me about the opening ceremonies. What was that experience like? The opening ceremony. So we walked in. They had all these athletes. Like if they had the Parade of Nations at the Olympics, this is the Parade of States because it's the USA Games. After that, they had some performances, some speeches. But my biggest story from there is we were on our way out to go get some food. And then this news crew caught us doing a, we did a little live video on our way out, outside the stadium. We weren't allowed to do it inside. And they saw us do our live video and they wanted to interview us about our story. And then that night we were on the news. That is amazing. You got, I just love this story, what you guys are creating here. So let me end with this, Andrew. So it's not just golf that you love. You love all sports. So well, let me ask you this. How old are you right now, Andrew? I'm 14. What is your dream, let's say, 10 years from now? What would be your dream that you're doing, Andrew? So 10 years from now, I'd want to be in a job, preferably in Boston, but it doesn't really matter. I'd, I would do national coverage. And if I got a job out here again or anywhere else, I would take it but I wanted to do a mix of broadcast journalism and written journalism in sports. 10 years from now, it's my vision. So all my listeners, fast forward to 2028, and I'm sure we will see a superstar sports broadcaster by the name of Andrew that's out there telling us stories through his unique perspective. And actually, I did have a chance to look at the video you you guys sent last night, and it was amazing. Really good stuff, and I really enjoyed that. So hey, guys, Andrew, Ken, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. I expect more eagles and more old ones. Um, I did see a scorecard, and please, someone refresh my memory. Who had two birdies in a row yesterday? Other big noted items. When you are done today, get those scorecards in as quick as possible, because then we know how you finish, because what we know about today is what? We're getting awards. Well, we're not getting them actually till tomorrow, but we find out what you're getting ahead of time. So make sure we're signing them correctly, okay?
But we have to get out a big thank you here. We have some important people. These, this staff here is the best ever. They're here yeah. 4 a.m. pulling out the coat. They keep me here. So we got Frank Shaw and his staff here at Willow's Run. We're going to try and take them next to the we go. They won't know that here. We won't tell them. Another thing, our sponsor, our venue sponsor, we can't do it without Bree and Marissa and all KPMG. They're the ones recruiting all these wonderful volunteers because they want to be out there with you. I've heard a lot of good comments from the families and the delegations. And don't tell the others, but we're the best venue so far. Because we have the most fun, okay? My name is Alana Brawler, and I'm a PGA golf professional in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at Forsyth Country Club. And Alana, I've been watching you the last couple of days, and you have energy like I haven't seen. And the way you support these Special Olympic athletes here is phenomenal. Can you tell our listeners what it means to you to be involved with this event? For me, I always tell everyone at work, I think they don't realize that when I come here that I'm working, they all realize that I'm actually having fun. I mean, there's a lot of work put into this, but we have a lot of support from everybody. But I think to me, I call it my non, non-paying non fun job because it teaches you and puts everything in perspective that they appreciate the simple things. So one of our goals this week was to tell all the athletes, smile and then think of something bad and they couldn't do it. And one of the athletes, it was amazing, she kept saying, she was, I can't stop smiling. And that's all I needed. I mean, that right there, as long as they're smiling, having a good time and working on their game and encouraging each other and progressing. I mean, that was what it was all about. And we were told that at the beginning of the week that, look, it's not about the opening ceremonies, which were great. They were fantastic. And we were appreciative of all the support from everybody. But it's about these athletes and their experience. And we want to make sure they had a great experience. And I think that they did. I can tell you from what I observed walking around following the entourage and the, the groups that you were working with that everybody had a fantastic time. And, and these athletes, they absolutely love you. And the leadership that you provide just by doing, leading by example is amazing. In fact, I was waiting, I could tell our listeners here, I was waiting for almost three hours to get a hold of you here for this interview because your right arm must be tired because it actually was up in the air writing down scores on the board for hours there. So you do everything from soup to nuts here. Absolutely. I call the jack of all trades master of none and what I like to do is especially do the scoreboard is it's not that I don't trust anyone else is that I know that these athletes especially for those if it's their first experience if they've never been to a national games is to give them that very neat handwriting as calligraphy as the best I can do on plywood scoreboard which the facility here built for us which is fantastic so that tomorrow when they get their awards is that they get to keep that scorecard placard to the scoreboard panel and they put it with their memory box or put a scrapbook together and they love it and they, they come over and they're waiting for the scores and they're all excited and, and that's what you want to see. I mean, you want to see that level of excitement and you saw the cheers and we kept reminding them today. I said, how many times do I have to tell you now? Let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. And, and you know what? They get it and that's the best part and we're all about growing the game with the PGA, but we do it on every level and I think with these athletes, watching them grow from level one the whole way to level five, uh, some might not get past level one due to maybe a physical disability or just a, a, the ability to last that long on the golf course but to watch them just succeed just with little things and they come up and tell me I had a birdie today or I mean we had so much excitement this week we had a gentleman make his first career home one playing with his partner and we had eagles and we had birdies you know back-to-back -back birdies I mean there were so many just personal bests and I think that's what the excitement and the joy of it is is to see that and I have a feeling this will not be your last rodeo when it comes to the Special Olympics. Is How many of these have you been involved with? And obviously that you plan on doing this. I'm assuming for the rest of your life you get so much joy out of this. As long as they'll let me keep doing it, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. I've done the National Games probably since the first one, the National Summer Games since 2006. So every four years I've done it. And then I do our regional event. And what's great is we have a committee, and we can't do it without the committee. And some of our committee can't get to every national games with us, but the ones that do, we have a process, and everyone's good at something. So if I'm not good at computers, Joanne Drumwright is my right-hand person right now who's with Special Olympics Tennessee, and she also gives us the mom perspective because she works for them, but she also has a son who's a Special Olympic athlete. So we get the best of both worlds with her. And then we have someone who's really good at setting up the golf course with Steve Jubb from the PGA. And everyone has their niche and then we laugh, we get along, we know how to get the tournament done the way we want, and then we get supported by Willow's Run for the last two years has been phenomenal. I mean, we probably are going to kidnap them and bring them to the next event because they're that good to us. And then even having KPMG as a sponsor, a venue sponsor, and we've worked with them in the past, they're out of this world. 
Bree and, and Marissa and them with helping coordinate the volunteers. And it could be mad chaos one day, but we get settled in and we always joke around. But to hear the thank yous from the coaches last night in the coaches meetings and the parents saying, this is the best venue, this is the best event of the Special Olympic Summer Games, then we know we did our job right and we're going in the right direction. But we told them, I said, look, we're not perfect by any means. Please give us your criticisms and write them down because we're always working on something. Just like all of us, whether it's our golf game or just as human beings, we're always looking to approve. So with that, Alana, thanks so much for everything you've done here this last week and before that and what you'll do in the future. And thanks for your time today to speak with me on the Mod Golf Podcast. You're most certainly welcome. I've enjoyed every minute of this. Let me win. But if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Alana's constant reminder to these golf athletes and their supporters and bodies what the Special Olympics are all about. I want to express my gratitude to all the athletes, supporters, and volunteers who made me feel welcome at their event, and especially to National Alliance for Accessible Golf CEO Steve Jubb for inviting me to create this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. Before we go, I want to thank our Season 4 sponsor partners. We are proud to have Golf Tech as our title sponsor, along with supporting sponsors Fairway IQ, British Columbia Golf, and Nextlinks. Without their generous support, the Mod Golf Podcast wouldn't be able to bring you these unique golf innovation stories. Golf Tech is exclusively offering our Mod Golf Podcast listeners $50 off both a swing evaluation and TechFit custom club fitting. Go to www.golftech.com modgolf to book at one of the over 200 Golf Tech Improvement Centers located near you. That's golftech.com modgolf to begin your golf improvement journey. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more of our golf innovation stories on previous episodes at www.mod.golf or search Mod Golf Podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Join us next week when I speak to Golf Course Superintendents Association of America CEO, Red Evans, to learn how their organization is helping spearhead innovation in the game. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.